friends, we are here talking about chapter six of the Primal Wound book club series. Uh, This is just a podcast where we talk about adoption using our own experiences as adoptees, as well as others in the community. We'll throw in some interviews here and there in between each book club series. So definitely check those out as well. Not going to be a live, you know, video Mm -hmm. of us on YouTube, but still on all podcast platforms. Yeah, so um, we are, as we did in the last chapter, this is the now the second section of the Primal Wound, which is kind of dubbed the Adoptee Handbook. I don't know. People say Bible. Adoptee Bible, yeah. Adoptee Handbook. There's a lot of terms for it, but basically it's just there's a lot, there's a lot in here, so check it out. Um, but we're diving into the second section. Um, right now we're on Chapter 6, which is titled The Core Issues, Abandonment and Loss. That already feels heavy, (laughs) but we are going to talk about this, just like the different sections, which ones stuck out to us. Um, And as you guys have been probably watching and or listening through, obviously we have some that are, that ring true to both of us Mm -hmm. or just one of us. So it's been a really interesting discussion, um, you know, just as even we've been working through it. Absolutely. And I think we've talked about this multiple times, but as adoptees, we're very similar, yet so, mm-hmm. so different. Views, um, upbringings, everything. Mm-hmm. Whole stories is completely different, even between us. And we're same orphanage, same, you know, country. There's a lot of similarities, but I mean, there's, uh, I, I, I don't know. I think anybody who knows another adoptee probably feels that way. It's like, well, there's going to be differences. And mm-hmm. especially when it comes to upbringing, because you know, being adopted That's in huge. different families yeah. has a lot to do with it. So uh, this has been a really rewarding element to our podcast is just going through this yes. book and talking about it. Um, so we're excited to dive into the second chapter of the second section. Again, chapter six, the core issues, abandonment and loss. So let's get started. Um, I think you were the first section. Yeah. First section for me is... The profoundness of loss, which my note here was just amazing lessons to be learned for everyone, not just adoptees, just in general. And I thought this was just, I reread this today. And I don't know. I mean, are you okay? Can I just read this Go whole for paragraph? It. It's honestly just so, I don't know. I think a lot of people can benefit from this. Um, so first section, the profoundness of loss. Um, loss itself is not very well understood in our society. We tend to deny its importance on many levels. We get married and celebrate the joy of a new phase of life without ever considering that there may be a loss involved, much less that we might need to mourn that loss. Mm. Or a couple has a baby and sends out the happy announcements while neither dares think about the loss of a different kind of relationship, what impact a new family member will have on them. And that grieving might be in order. There is no permission in our society to recognize in each of life's transitions the polarities between gain and loss or joy and sorrow. We are expected to be happy, sing songs, dance jigs, but never to mourn. Mm -hmm. And I hope everybody that's listening, adoptee or not, part of the adoption triad or not, can think about that because that was so profound to me because I don't think that there's, I mean, I guess in just in this world in 2021 with everything going on Mm -hmm. with, I mean, just, 
don't know, the climate of everything that we're living in, political climate or just elements of, you know, being in a pandemic, all of those kinds of things. It's, there's a lot to think about. And I don't think that there's any, I don't know. I don't think there's enough time to just pause and feel. Mm. And I think this paragraph overall is something that people should stop and think about. So if you're just listening to this, like, please think back on this because I think it's really important for people to consider. Um, so that's kind of just how I wanted to start this, uh, this chapter. And I kind of want to just jump in. I didn't have this chapter as like a main one for myself, Mm -hmm. but even the first sentence or a couple sentences, I guess more wrapped around adoption. I guess I'll start with your paragraph first. Like sending out those baby invites, like somebody might be really mourning a miscarriage right now. Exactly. That's a huge thing that I think people are just starting to talk about now mm -hmm. or making more normalized. It's so common. You know, you might be, you might get it in the first try. They might be trying for three years. And of course you're excited, you're happy, but just really taking a step back and thinking about others is Mm -hmm. huge and something we don't do. And I know self-love, self-care is huge in the pandemic. And I totally understand that. But also just considering others on Mm -hmm. every aspect of that. Um, I guess going back to that first couple sentences that I talked about, mm-hmm. it states, if the primal experience for the adopted child is abandonment, then the core issues are loss and the fear of a further abandonment. Neither is acknowledged in the most in most adoptive families since the abandonment mm-hmm. occurred so early in the child's life. That's very interesting to me. We never think about us as a child, especially being an adult adoptee and really diving in and unfolding all of these things. Yes. So I think that was the only part that really stuck out to me, but which I like the fact that this section is called the profoundness of loss. Cause we're like hot take right here. Like it just feels so like she comes in hot. She comes in hot every time. time. We're always like, we're only on the first page of this chapter. Like, Ooh, what is with that? It's like hot takes in the first two paragraphs. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I, I love it. So I think this really sets the scene, I guess, for lack of a better term, as far as the um, chapter. And I guess I wanted to, before continuing Mm -hmm. um, the whole chapter, they talk a lot about like pathology, which I just wanted to give the definition Mm -hmm. of because when I was reading it, I was like, I need to focus on the actual meaning of this word and not just the word itself and just being like, it feels really big and broad Mm -hmm. and whatever. So they talk a lot about pathology, which I just wrote down. Pathology is the science or study of the origin, nature, and course of diseases. Any deviation from a healthy, normal, or efficient condition. Mm. First of all, does that make you Mm. feel any type of way about this chapter? Because when I looked it up, I was like, oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Well, this chapter was already like, I had to take a step back. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll talk about how we feel in the chapter, but it was, that does. like whoa. It gives a good perspective. Okay. Yeah. So again, I just kind of wanted to give that definition before we dive in, um, especially if there's, I, it, it can be an overwhelming book in general as far mm-hmm. as, especially if it's the first time. So we're we're hoping to be able to guide people through it and just like, talk about these things and have it be helpful rather than just like talking this, you know, psychological or 
physiological jargon that just doesn't mean <laughs> anything to people. So again, that's kind of why I wanted to do that. So that's um, a good idea. Yeah. So I guess moving on to let's see. Um, what was your next section? Pathologizing of abandonment and loss. But yeah. Where is that? Where's yours? It's literally the second page. Where does mine list that, though? It should be, like, right here. Oh, that's why. Because I had the definition oh. written in there. I didn't see it. Okay. That's why. I was like, where did I miss this? But <laughs> well, I was looking at yours like, uh... Did you? Yeah, okay. You didn't Are see we reading the okay. same book? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, the first section for you, pathologizing of abandonment and loss. So, that's kind of why I wrote that down. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, why did that stick out to you? What's was sticking there? Was there was just a couple. Actually, I highlighted a lot. I didn't even realize I highlighted that much. Um, but pretty much as the a, adult adoptee matures, grief goes on unresolved. Mm-hmm. And you don't think about it because, again, most of the time you are separated as a baby, as an infant. You don't think about that loss that you have endured. And it's also stating how... It's difficult and understandably so for the adoptive parents to look at the infant and think that he might be suffering. Mm-hmm. And kind of going back to chapter five of where we talked about the adoptive parents, this goes back into that again, where just you're always, and we've talked about this before, like there's always that loss and the grieving. And if you don't process that, then you're never like officially okay, mm-hmm. which is very interesting because I don't think I've ever officially processed my like my infant grief i didn't even know i had it well that's the thing is like that's a oh there's a lot to that Mm -hmm. and i i can't remember if that was something maybe chapter four that we maybe something we touched on or just talked about us i don't know so i'm going to mention it now while we're talking about with grief Mm -hmm. is just that people always talk about and this is brought up in TV shows, especially, I guess just for an example, when parents lose a child Mm. is considered the biggest heartache and biggest loss people experience. And that's something that is so not considered, I think, enough in the adoption triad as far as a birth mother losing their child. Interesting. Like, and I, again, I don't know it honestly with what, Erica and I are doing with this podcast. There's a lot of research we're doing outside of these episodes. I don't write everything down. Like, so sorry, I guess that I can't like connect it to something specific or a conversation or maybe where I read it. But either way, that is something that I remember reading or hearing or something that was saying, this is a profound loss. That's a great. And it's just like a great way to like think about it in someone else's shoes. Like if you are just an adult person that has lost their biological child, Mm. Think about that and the fact that birth mothers that, you know, relinquish their children at birth or later or whenever, put up their child for adoption at whatever point. That is the same loss. And I don't want to say if worse because it's like, yeah, there's the element of you losing a child that you know so, so well or a child that you don't know. There's obviously no better, no worse. Mm -hmm. There's That's not anything. But it is the same feeling. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And that goes back again to chapter five. These go really hand in hand of mm -hmm. how that triad, everyone feels that type of pain. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's just like there's a lot to <sighs> talking about the grief in this. And that's what a lot of this first section goes on to say. Um, let me see. So like page 70, I know like one. You had mentioned the like thinking, looking at the infant and think that he might be suffering like that mm -hmm. is really hard for adoptive parents to understand. Mm -hmm. Understandably so. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. I, I don't under, like, I don't, unless you've read this book, maybe. Yeah. I don't know that you, you would never think of that. No, and I don't think that that's necessarily something that you are required, or that's necessarily learned in the process yeah. of, a, of being an adoptive parent. Exactly. Uh, the next page for me then, just in that same section, the one thing that stood out to me was stating, um, if we think of unresolved grief, which you had talked about, the fact mm -hmm. that you don't, I mean, who knows what grief you've gotten over Absolutely. or not as I know. an infant, mm. and which is probably doubtful that we have. Mm -hmm. um, if we think of unresolved grief as pathological, we should do so only in the sense that it hinders efficiency. The adoptee's emotional reactions to past events are normal and need to be validated. Mm -hmm. And I want to just like give a sigh of relief to that because it's just like, okay, this is yeah. for me, at least in this early part of this section of this part of the chapter, I was like, okay, keep going. We're fine. We can do it. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's keep plugging along. <laughs> um, part of the end of that was just saying like an adoptee had said, even when I'm having fun, there's a shadow inside me, something which keeps me from ever experiencing joy or what I think joy might be. Which that's something I'll touch on at the end of this. Also, just talking about how this chapter overall made me feel because that was a really good thing to go back on. But just wanted to touch on that briefly. Um, after this, this next section is you. The, oh, this is me. Yeah. Well, I want. I don't want to say you, but this section you related to the post-traumatic stress disorder. Yes. So, uh, you um, have some stories too, right? Oh, I got. Some. Let's put these down. Let's just talk. <laughs> Yeah, so this section of just PTSD, there are, and I didn't really necessarily know a lot of this until recently. Mm -hmm. I, sure. and more recently with talking with mental health professionals, it's just become so much more evident as an adult that PTSD rings so true to me as a person just in the way that my body like reacts to things mm. because this has happened multiple times. Like um, I had a trauma in college because of a friend that had was going through a hard time and there was like an attempted suicide and I don't want to go into the details of it, but it was essentially like after that certain days of the week were real. like I couldn't You've get talked through, about I couldn't get through a Tuesday. Days and months and certain certain dates. anniversaries. Yes. And I mean that rings true to me. I mean, we've talked about my birthday mm -hmm. a billion times. Like I don't do it. Mm -hmm. I for a very good reason. My body has a physical reaction to it. Interesting. And so wow. that is so I mean that is PTSD in itself. Absolutely. 100%. And I've talked to like I said mental health professionals about this and just said this is something that I deal with and I like can't control it. And it's really bothersome because it's like, what do I do with this? And it's, it's really overwhelming. And more recently, because another thing that we talk about in this chapter and another thing that I've learned about traumas in general, not necessarily mm -hmm. just adoption trauma, just in general, is that people with traumas have terrible memory. 
my memory is terrible. Granted, part of it, I think, is just, mm-hmm. you know, possible concussion from about a year ago. And so that has, you know, some kind of a contributing factor. But those who have traumas, like, live to forget. And this chapter goes just into that. Try to black it out. Yeah. So, like, this chapter it. especially Absolutely. goes into a lot more of that. But with this particular section about PTSD, and I can't remember which chapter it was specifically, but my mom reminded me of a situation back when I was maybe like four, something like that. My, I had mentioned in chapter five, my dad is responsible for my Taco Bell addiction. So (laughs) thanks dad. (laughs) Shout Um, out to you. (laughs) Hi dad. (laughs) So back in, back when I was a kid, occasionally we'd do like daddy dates or just kind of like running errands. And it would be kind of a day where, like a Saturday where if my mom was doing stuff at home or whatever, my dad would take my, either just me or my sister and I, I just remember us like running errands, getting like Taco Bell mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like doing those kinds of things. And more specifically, and my mom told me this or retold me this story in relation to our adoption conversations that we're okay. not having. So it was very like, obvious that it was it's specific to this which is sorry to cut you off but that's absolutely amazing that you're having these conversations now yeah no it's it's, i love that it's just natural it's just there it's it's really great because it happens just about every time we have an episode come out my mom tells me we're sitting down and then going over for dinner we uh wait for something to be cooking or or my dad is doing dishes after dinner and my mom and her are sitting down for a glass of wine and she's like, so this new episode, I wanted to tell you blah, blah, blah. And it's just I like, it's that. so, it's, I love it. I because love I it Because I bet so she's much. been wanting to do that too. And it's just, yeah. when's the right time? How's the right, But you know, it's fueling the conversation. Absolutely. I love it so much. That's awesome. Hi, mom. Shout out to apparently my parents are this episode. <laughs> Sponsored by the Shears. Uh, but oh, so, we got our first sponsor. <laughs> been waiting for you thank you guys oh my god so yeah so this was just brought up more recently um apparently what had happened it's so simple but so like oh my god i just when it happened or when she told me again i was like wow that's very telling when we my dad and i and my sister again i was probably four my sister was maybe eight maybe i was younger but it was i was definitely like under five we went to Kmart for like mm-hmm. groceries Kmart. or not groceries. It was like some errand for like a, probably a yard or landscaping type of project. Sure. Um, and we were in Northfield. There wasn't, you know, targets or anything. Kmart was, you know, the place. <laughs> so he took us there and it was pouring rain. Like the kind of pouring rain that's like violent. <laughs> where you're just kind of like, oh, I may die. Yeah. So it was just like, it was really intense. And it's funny because until my mom told me this, or when she told me this, I had like an actual visual flashback. Mm. And I was like, I vividly remember this. Oh my gosh. So it was raining. We had a cart full of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because my dad was with a, let's say, four and eight-year-old, he was like, stay here. And it was between the two automatic doors. So it was like this big yeah. bay area, like yeah. where you can see the car. I was with my older sister. It was fine. It was safe. Yeah. Like we were in Northfield. It was no Whatever. judgment off as far as like my dad's Especially judgment back, to do that. Back in those days too. Yeah. Like, like mid nineties. Yeah. Whatever. We were in Northfield. It was fine. He was like, stay here. I'll get the car. 
He went out there and because it was such a big thunderstorm and it was so dark and it was raining, I immediately just got scared and Mm. I burst into tears. Wow. And I was not okay. And I was just like, and now looking back on it and thinking about it being like, wow, I really panicked. Mm -hmm. Like it's just looking back on that. I was like, wow, that was a, that was a trauma response. If I've ever seen one, like, like that happened. And then. Another one was when I was uh, eight, and I don't know. This one doesn't necessarily ring exactly true, but it's like I think of my immediate response was due to this. Uh, my family, we did a like three week train trip through the UK when I was eight. My oh, parent or my cool. sister was twelve. Um, it was great. It was mm-hmm. like super fun. My sister got chased down by a peacock in these <laughs> in these hedges in a castle in Wales. It was awesome. So I turn a corner and get chased by a peacock. And I was like, what is going on? What is my life right now? But there was a moment where the travel plans somehow kind of fell through or slipped through the cracks in some way. I don't know specifics because I was eight. Right. But I just knew my family was stressed about getting a bus. Mm. (laughs) And my mom and I have not recently talked about this, but... After this chapter and after the Kmart story, I was like, oh, oh no, <laughs> this is another one. But I saw this bus. We were about to like miss it, but it was apparently the wrong one. And I chased after it. What? I chased, I was eight years old. I chased after this bus. And when the bus driver saw an eight-year-old chasing after it, I was like, stop! They opened the door and they were like, I think my mom cut up to me. I don't know. So mom, let fill me in. But it was like something where they were just kind of like, this is a bus to blah, blah, blah. And it was just the wrong bus. And But I was freaking out. I just, wow. I think that that's probably the first time I ever had like a huge, like, I don't know, for, I guess for lack of a better term, like a pa- panic attack, I mm-hmm. suppose. Because I just remember being so worked up and be like, we have to go. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, this is now or never. And it was the wrong bus and it was fine. And it's kind of just like a funny story in my family. Like, hey, do you remember that one time Teresa chased after that bus <laughs> in the UK? <laughs> oh my And gosh. it is like, whatever. It's funny to look back on, but it's just interesting where I was like, I have to save everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm eight, but I have to save the family. Like that was just those initial responses. So interesting. Yeah. So like reading this section of it with the, you know, PTSD Mm -hmm. section, there were some things I underlined, but honestly, like those are the kinds of things that I just immediately. And I wonder if other adoptees have date issues, you know, like, or not issues, but like date. um, I don't know what the right word would be. Just, you know, if I want to say date recognition. Yeah, just come around or something feeling off. Which yeah. I mean, birthdays, we've talked yes. about. Obviously, that's an episode we've talked about. It's my birthday. I can cry mm-hmm. if I want to. It's one of our earliest episodes. It's a really, I think, a really groundbreaking episode for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, that's one, but I guess I would be interested to know if. For other experiences other that they've ex- had. If that's something that just stuck with you yeah that ptsd is just something that i guess for lack of a better term comes naturally mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean because for me i don't i can't i think i shut off certain things like i don't want to remember that i mean i if i really dig deep i can remember it but yeah i just mark block those off i don't want to remember awful experiences 
Which I think is part of what I've learned more just about trauma in general, as far as my memory being terrible. And some of that just also being kind of inconvenient for just random stuff is just like, my memory's terrible overall. And unfortunately, that hasn't really helped me in the way of forgetting traumas, if that makes any sense. Like, it's just like, wow, yeah, my memory just sucks. But it's, you know, as far as the traumas go, it's like, this fades it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I guess that's all we can do. So because it's so pronounced, it's so yep. it's traumatizing, yeah. obviously. So it's a huge part yeah. of your life that you can't let fully go. Yeah. Which sucks. Like, come on. Allow me to remember these basic details I don't need to know and yeah. get rid of those. <laughs> Jeez, Frank, come on. <laughs> get it exactly. together. Exactly. Uh, very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So that was obviously very interesting to me. That whole section was just yeah, that was probably the biggest part for me. The, I guess the rest of the section, I mean, there's a lot that you had mentioned that was... And there's a lot of sections that I didn't even highlight or underline. Same. And I don't know... Well, your next section, I guess skipping ahead a little bit, was if you leave, you're, you're out. out. Mm-hmm. I didn't highlight anything, I think, because it was all like... Well, yeah, obviously. But at the same time, <laughs> I'm curious to think about... Because I do think that you and I have different experiences with this. So, again, the section being a quotation, if you leave, you're out. I'm very curious to see what your feelings are on this. So, pretty much, I think for me, I'm just, I care about everybody. I want to make sure everyone's happy. Mm -hmm. And so, if you leave, you're out, doesn't fully fit with who I am. And pretty much the whole section was talking about how... You know, the trauma of abandonment, if your friends leave or if you have a good relationship, Mm. if they leave, you're completely done. You shut the door. You are done with that relationship. And like past relationships, absolutely. Yes. I'm not talking to you like you're you're nobody to me. Blocked. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Literally same. Everything. I'm changing my number because I don't ever want to hear from you. Like Mm -hmm. you're done. It's done. Um, But like friendships, I feel like that's a little different for me. I Mm -hmm. think they wouldn't ever be the same. Mm-hmm. But I'd still want you to kind of be in my life just because I want to, you know, I, get that. I still care for you. We yeah. had a friendship, but it will not be the same. And I think that's because I'm putting my guard up mm-hmm. because you did leave. I think a lot of my friendships either you outgrow people. I, mm-hmm. I don't I can't oh, go yeah. into detail on every single friendship, but you outgrow people. That happens and that's OK. That's Absolutely. Normal. That should be more normalized overall. Yes. Yeah. And so it's just interesting to me because. She interviewed a lot of people or talked to a lot of different adoptees and a right. lot of people said they just shut the shut the door on anyone who leaves because they don't want that abandonment to be an issue again. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting to me because I related to Jennifer, a person they interviewed, and she was able to let someone in but wasn't allowed to have her in her life the same way. So I was just mm. curious more. This is kind of just more like a conversation starter of like how you felt with that. Like, do you notice that with your friendships? I think what's interesting is the way that you've posed this converse or this section is just saying it's different with romantic relationships because mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, hot take. I never let anybody in enough in a romantic relationship enough where it's as hurtful when it ends as if a friendship oh, ends. Very good point. So it's like... Very good point. And you. even as friendships, I think I'm just now being... You know how that one section, I can't remember at this point, but I'm just now 
fully being myself. Mm -hmm. I've always been myself, but I'm just now being myself. Well, and I think, I guess for, I don't know, uh, apologies in advance for bringing this up, but it's like when you and I had that conversation, when you and I were both dealing with a lot with reading this book, you FaceTimed me and like started to cry Mm -hmm. and I made you stay on the phone Mm -hmm. and you wanted to go. But I was that's like, my normal reaction. No. I was like, like, absolutely not. We are talking yes. about this. I don't I think, like anyone seeing me cry. I would just shut that off. Mm-hmm. I would not let well, anyone see that. you've seen me cry that. a million times, so I was like, yeah. oh, this is just part of the course. But yeah. in that moment, it was like, Erica, mm-hmm. no. Like, you know we can talk about this because I've talked to you about this. Mm-hmm. You know we can talk about this. And I know you're the only one or one of the only ones who can really (laughs) fully understand exactly where I'm coming from. Yeah, But I get what you're saying. It's like with stuff like that. And I'm kind of going on like a different element of that where it's like I'm trying to be less (sighs) upset with change because that's been like obviously you and I have issues with change. 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 That could be its own. Changes. (laughs) It could be its own chapter. Ooh. Yes, seriously. We, oh. Or not, because change, change is hard. just not our Okay, thing. so the chapter would be like, so hot take, change is hard. Yeah. Dun, dun, we dun, don't dun, like dun. it. That would be the end of the chapter <laughs> <laughs> or the end of the episode. But I don't know. I think for me, it's like I've never had any like romantic relationships know me nearly as well as my friends. Yeah, absolutely. Not nearly. That one, at all. not at no. all. I'm like, not okay, at all. You're out. Friendships, though. But friendships for me, it's like, I always like, mm, and I wonder if this is like, it's probably just an element of romanticizing the friendship and romanticizing the feeling of the friendship and it's partially being needed and all these kinds of things. So it's like, for me, it's very rarely like a, you're out, you're out. Or like, mm-hmm. if you Shut leave, the you're door. Out. Yeah. yeah. Whereas that's the case for romantic relationships when, when it comes to friends who are who've been through, I mean, I think the shortest friendship that I have or like the person that I've known the least like length of time, it's probably like five years. And that's a long time. Like out of my friends. It's probably me. I guess it's like three. It's been only three years. Which it doesn't feel like it's only been three years. So that doesn't, I don't care. So that's weird. Yeah. Like what? So I guess it's, yeah. I mean, I guess it's like you just being, quote unquote, only three years, but like, that's a long time. I think we just value our friendships very different than a lot of people too. Some people just have friends to have friends. Yeah. But like we, I don't understand that at all. We take our friendships pretty seriously. And I don't have just a lot of people and I have a small circle who I can call my friends who are actually my friends who know, you know, I can go to and things like that. See, I have a pretty... I guess I have a pretty wide, but it's not like one group. It's a lot of one individual person. Yeah. So that's kind of how we differ in that way. Sure. Which I don't, I guess, love or hate. I mean, mm-hmm. it's fine either way. It's just is what it is. And mm-hmm. I, I like, and I mean, I guess I'm also somebody who loves one-on-one conversations anyway. So it kind of just works out in yeah. itself. But, hmm. So that's, that's, a, that's a lot more to that yeah. section than I expected with the if you leave her out. I got nothing highlighted. Okay. Yep, same. Psych. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So the next one, Fears of Abandonment. Nope, that one didn't get me anything. Nope, nothing there. Honestly, this chapter didn't stick out a ton. I think the 
the last one that I really stuck on or had a couple things was control as a foil to loss. Which actually, same. I just forgot to write it, write it in our which is fine. Doc. But yeah, control as a foil to loss mm-hmm. was the last one or the last one that we both had an element Which that stuck out to us. I think totally rings our bell. I mean, it's oh, exactly 100%. who we are. The control. First, like, can we talk yes. about control? Like, <laughs> Don't like change. Like, come on. <laughs> the first sentence even. One of the ways mm-hmm. in which children and adults, too, try to prevent future losses is to try to be the ap- in absolute control of every situation. Which I underlined and wrote, wee! <laughs> I was like, man, if this ain't me. Yes. So... Yeah. But it also talks about how she can never really make up her own mind. Yes. Which I never want to be the decision maker for stuff where it's Right, like, but you want to be in control. Like, how does that work? Which makes oh, me really good for I'm like... I'm so glad I'm not alone. I'm really good for like bigger... Like, okay, I guess example. When people are like, hey, where do you want to go out to eat? I'm like, wherever you want. I don't want to make a decision. Yeah. But it's like, hey, we're going to go on a vacation... To this place, I'm like, okay, we'll make a basically a day by day, I I quote unquote itinerary, but not yes. have it be super strict, oh but enough where I'm like, let's go to these, let's five wow, days, we go to yes. these five restaurants, let's go to these, I'll make reservations at all of them, I will make the hotel mm-hmm. arrangements, I don't want anything to be out of my control where something yes. bad happens. Yes. Yes. Oh my god. So in conclusion, we will be traveling together. <laughs> clearly Who's going to be making the plans though? I don't know. Clearly we can either do it. Whereas I just can't be in a group where everybody's like, whatever, we can wing it. I'm like, what? Yeah. We can't wing it. We'll die. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Question then off this. Do you get upset if those plans or reservations don't go as planned? I'm kind of, hmm. See, I'm not the kind of traveler where I'm like, if this goes awry, we're screwed because there's obviously other options. Sure. I just get, I immediately get mad. I'm just like, this didn't work out. <laughs> it makes me think that I'm like, so will this feel like traveling with my dad? Sorry, dad. But like. <laughs> but you said me and your dad are very similar. <laughs> That's not wrong. What's so funny though is, okay, story time. Sorry, dad. I'm calling you out. But in the times that when we were traveling as a family, it was like, oh gosh, this is really stressful because if something went slightly wrong, oh God, so my dad mean. would just, it would make me really stressed because he got really stressed and I was like, no, but when I was working at Disney world, my dad and my mom came at the same time. And it was just like my parents trip. My sister came separately with one of her friends. So it was like totally different trips with everybody. But my parents came, I planned all of it. I made their hotel reservations. Mm. Obviously I had the free tickets. So it was fine. It was like, everything was set. But I had everything under control, and I've never seen my dad more relaxed when he was traveling, ever. And he was at a freaking amusement park. Like, come on. But it was like, if something went awry, he just didn't know about it. So it was like, I got this. And it wouldn't be that big of a deal. I mean, we could just go look at something else or go do something else. So, like, that's how I travel, where if some... There's always another option. There's always another option. I'm never upset about it. I'm like, hey, this means there's a snack break. Like, (laughs) I'm into it. Like, I think about anywhere that I would want to travel. Honestly, I travel halfway for the food. Like, that's half the reason I travel is for food. So when that happens, it's like, okay, we can just go do something else. Like, we can just, me, like, just take a detour. Mm -hmm. It's just a detour to me. But I do like to have a plan in place, first of all, 
when tra- again traveling is kind of just a good example as far as like it is big picture stuff versus little picture stuff because when it comes to smaller decisions about making people immediately happy it's like yeah i want someone else to choose because mm-hmm. i don't care either way even if i don't know yeah i don't really care but you kind of so well, funny because i feel do. like you and i never have this problem because we're both like if it's like a small decision, like, like, Chipotle, which one? <laughs> do you want something cheesy yes <laughs> Yeah, it's easy. No questions asked. That's really interesting. That's and that's so something I'm really, really trying to work on because I know it can just ruin an entire day. I don't want to be that person who mm-hmm. causes that stress for everyone just because one little thing didn't go as planned. Oh, absolutely. Obviously, it wasn't supposed to happen that way. I needed to just let it go. And I, I think I've gotten a lot better. I hope. <laughs> I hope because I'm really trying. I'm really trying. But I haven't traveled like on a vacation with somebody in a long time. Lego. So I guess. So if you would like to well, sponsor Climate Influence to go on a trip. <laughs> send us a Benny. Yes. <laughs> That's so interesting. I, I think for me, again, this chap- or this section of the chapter, I just wrote, wee, because I was like, everything. But the one sentence or the quote that I kind of pulled out from this was, the child was not in control yes. of the situation at the beginning of his life, and look what happened. Yes. I had Mic that. Drop. I would never drop this. But still, <laughs> it's just kind of like, yeah, yes. I mean, come on. We have no other way to, like, explain it besides that. That is, that's exactly what I underlined, yeah. too. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay, so then another quote that you and I had similarly was uh, page 80. Let me see here. Okay, the last paragraph paragraph of the entire chapter. Being separated from their birth mothers and handed over to strangers in the adoption process is the only trauma where the victims are expected by the whole of society to be grateful. That blew my mind when I read that. I yeah. Because I know we both know and we both have had a lot of different types of trauma. Yeah. And so with that, it's just like, oh, my gosh. And that's it's such a simple way to put it and just be like, they're expected to be grateful. Like, it's kind of like, thinking about it. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I don't even know. I know. And that's how the chapter ends. Which, like, <laughs> can you believe that? I don't know. It's just, there's. It's just very interesting. I guess overall, as a whole on this chapter, it just made yeah, me. Yeah, how, did it, how it, did it make you feel overall? It made me feel strange in the beginning. Because, again, we don't know what happened in our childhood. Mm-hmm. Even pre-teens, um, you know, toddler age. We don't know exactly how we feel. And I never knew if that was an issue of. When I was growing up with my parents, you know, certain things, did I act out because of this or was that a trauma response? Like, I don't really know. And I can only think about it and try to put the puzzle pieces together now a little bit. As much as sort of as possible, but But, I mean, really how much is. Yeah. And with the memories and things like that, you really, it really won't ever fully match up, which is so interesting. And so I don't know. It's just, it's very interesting chapter of how I think I think we've talked about, do you ever get over the trauma or mm-hmm. grief? And now reading this chapter is like, I think I need to really explore that infant mm. section. Mm. And How does that make you feel just like thinking that you need to? I don't know. It's just like. Oh, gosh. 
I don't know. I'm I just think like, it's when just you like, say that, I'm like, I think it's just like a, <laughs> that'll close it. Like, that's the only part I'm missing. Whoa. Oh my God. I'm that, sorry. That's just so like, it's got it. That's the only part I'm missing. I know what it was like for teenage years. I know what it was like when I met my birth mom when I was just coming out of, you know, I was an adult. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Was I, <laughs> sorry, that was so funny. They I'm say sorry. I'm an adult, but wow, I was still a, I was Legally still a baby. Yeah, I mean, 18 years old, and now here I am, coming out of the fog. I've came out of the fog. I've done this. I've grown as an adult adoptee. We're still growing. We're making this community. Yeah. We're connecting with other people. But that infant toddler age, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that's kind of how it made me feel. I just had to take a step back. Like, and I think that's okay. And I don't think it's going to really change anything yeah. for me, especially at this time of my life. But I do want to just close that chapter somehow. Hmm. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> Which, oh man, I will say, I guess just so people know, like with, we, we notate a lot of this in a Google doc. And I think I've mentioned this before, just to, put our thoughts somewhere so that we're not just saying it on the fly, but it felt so different hearing it than reading it. Cause it was just like, mm-hmm. okay, eh. you know, yeah. it just doesn't mean the same. And you said so much more. That's so like profound. Mm-hmm. And it's funny cause <gasps> I never read yours. So cause I want to be like shocked. See, I read yours and I'm just kind of like, because I always feel like the last chapter we did, I was like, I related my feelings to what you said. Yeah. Whereas this one, I was just like, Okay, yeah, I get what you're saying. But... But what you said also is just so much, again, just so much more groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. And I guess for me, this chapter made me think so much more about the this or that as far as, like, what ifs. Mm. So, for example, if I was a 28-year-old woman living in Colombia, I'd probably have an estranged family. I probably would have live in some I don't know maybe live in some type of poverty I don't Mm -hmm. know like I have no idea but given what I assume to be just based on the I don't know state of their country and I guess I don't want to assume terrible things but it's like there's enough that I know that I can assume that it's like yeah I wouldn't be sitting in a studio on a Thursday night talking to one of my best friends about stuff and like having it be produced and like being yeah. being a podcast, you know, just like I'm, I'm going kind of off on a, or off on a tangent, but I would be in a very different situation if X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. hadn't happened. But so like, I wonder what my mental health or my, any of that kind of thing, what levels those would be at had I not experienced that mm-hmm. in, initial trauma mm. of being abandoned we've touched on this a couple of times and yeah so it's just like <sighs> if i didn't have that if i didn't have the constant need for approval and the constant need to, to be perfect or any of those things obviously like i know like the elements caused by staying in a family that's uh, for lack of a better term broken or whatever not, yeah, I guess just like broken in some way or estranged or whatever. 
obviously I know that and poverty are things that cause the same kind of like, or can cause mental instability or mental illness or any of those kinds Mm -hmm. of things. But it's like, would that be something that I would be able to deal with better than the current stuff that I'm dealing with? Mm -hmm. As far as like now I feel like I've been given this really great productive silver platter life that I just get to pick and choose. Like, what do you want to do? Like, what college do you want to go to? What, like in in high school, it was like, what sports do you want to do? What um, extracurriculars do you want to do? Which of these do you want to do? You want to do an AP class for music Mm -hmm. theory? Like you can, you know, it's like, I feel the need, or I guess like subconsciously, and I'm just kind of realizing this now with, again, with doing work with my therapist and stuff, it's, I feel the need to take every single opportunity I've been given and be the absolute best that I can, Mm -hmm. which doesn't necessarily go back to, like, I'm not really a competitive person whatsoever. Like, that's not really something that I Mm, I get. am too competitive sometimes. <laughs> That's <laughs> so funny because whenever people are, I don't know. I mean, you see the truth out of people when they play Monopoly and I'm always just kind of like, man, it's, it's funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. But that's always my belief is that you see the truth out of people when they play Monopoly. But I just don't really necessarily think that I'm competitive in those kinds of ways. Like I know what I'm good at and I like it, but it's like, I do believe in things happening for a reason. So it's whatever, but it's more so being validated that I deserve this life. Mm-hmm. So wow. <laughs> I just, yeah, when I was, when I read this chapter and just like, it, I think it was in the very beginning of the chapter. Wow. I can't remember which section specifically. Um, but there was, he was talking about pathology with abandonment and loss. Maybe I think it was actually mm-hmm. the second or yeah, the second section that made me think this. And I wrote this, how do you feel about this this section right away? Because I was like, this is how I feel right away. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. this is it. Which, going back to everything else, oh. it just makes sense. Validated that I deserve this life. It's like, I feel the need to continue to earn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, yeah, it's... It's really interesting because I think as far as what this chapter specifically was saying and the things that we were writing down wasn't as much the ones that stuck out to me. It was more so like the overarching like feeling of it Yeah, was very like, nope, this is it. This is how I feel about this chapter because it's like, yes. all right, this is how I, I feel in my life and this is a really good mm-hmm. way to define it and talk about it and... I I love that side. Very opposite than, like, I love how we can read the same thing, have the same experience in a sense, and yet both of these are completely different. But yet, both, like, I think I could see that. I understand that. Yeah. One, because I I get, you know, exactly what you're saying is, like, understanding the element of what you went through as a infant or a toddler or child, you know, any of those kinds of things that we weren't like having to be conscious of mm-hmm. at that time. And I don't think really our adoptive parents were necessarily, I mean, it's not like, yeah. it's not like adoptive parents are forced to go through therapy for the entirety of their child's life. 
And again, a lot of like for our adoptive parents, there's no resources like this. No. They had to just do it how they thought was best. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like once you do it, it's like, all right, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess I don't know 100% if that was the case, but also at the same time, I feel like by this point. Hey, mom and dad, if <laughs> like if this would have been something or if they would have had something like that, I feel like I probably would have known by now. But because mm-hmm. it's not something like where no. they do a check in every year. No, you know I, what I, mean? I don't. Like, and I don't think there was. And I don't think there was now either. Literally, the resources and everything has blown up in the last, I'd say, five years. Oh, well, and I even mean, in the it last totally has two. to do with just like technology, social yes. media, all that kind of stuff. And Which like, is amazing. Yeah. And but- I think podcasts are so accessible to people because it's and i i guess just going on a tangent it's like podcasts i just love that they are not so overstimulating in the way that general media consumerism can be as far as it being like having to be stimulating it's like it is just a conversation and i mm-hmm. love that getting down to the bare bones of just conversation especially with something like this and i love every single like type of i guess other you know, people like us that are doing these kinds of projects yes. and making sure that this conversation is being had, mm-hmm. you know, and if we're just reaching the Midwest and others are reaching different parts of the States or, you know, around the world, it's like, okay, at least we can reach the people in our areas and yes. we can make sure that this is getting talked about, especially as adult adoptees, because as we mentioned before, it's like, They're just we're not thought of, mm-hmm. you know, in this, like, that's not a conversation where it's like, Hey, how are they doing? You know? Exactly. So, I love it. Um, Let's see. Besides that. I guess we just have our two closing questions open for discussion at all points. Um, The first one, I'll just kick it off here. Do you have a hard time letting friends back in your life after they have left? Do you shut the door on that person and never let them back in? Or are you like Risa and I where it's a little different? You you will let them in. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, I guess we talked touched on relationships. What about relationships? Is that different than your friendships, how it was for us? Or is it always you shut the door or is it always you let them back in? Mm -hmm. Love to hear your kind of thoughts on that, how you felt during that discussion that we were talking about. Yep. Spill the tea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The second question being, how did the fear of abandonment affect your life? Were you always consciously aware of it? I don't even know what else to like. Yeah. Say That's the question. That. That's the question. How wow. did the fear of abandonment affect your life? Were you always consciously aware of it? Obviously we weren't always consciously aware of it. And I don't think many Again, that were. goes back to me being an infant where I feel like, of course, I, I think that was the hardest part. Mm-hmm. And no one knew. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know. Yeah. Well, maybe I did. I don't know. It blows my mind. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, there's so chapter six is crazy. <laughs> it's a doozy, but but, <laughs> but it's a good one. It definitely opened our eyes to different scenarios. Again, regarding adoption, it's not just these aren't the chapters where it's like validating on certain points where you it's read very it. Thought provoking. Yes, yes, just totally thought provoking. As absolutely far as all the elements, not just how we feel. Mm-hmm. I Which is important. Because, really I mean, we really do want to make make sure that other parts of either the triad or just people that know us understand it. So, 
Absolutely. That's great. Well, you can find us on all social medias uh, at Colombian Influence. Make sure to follow us, like, and subscribe our YouTube channel. Make sure to get your copy of The Primal Wound. Yes. Go to our website, uh, ColombianInfluence.com. Go to resources, and you can go to our bookshop. Um, basically, that will uh, sponsor local bookstores as well as us. So to you know help provide funds so that we can continue this content. So um, be sure to do that. Comment on our discussion questions or really anything from there. Yeah. Um, Reach out to us if you ever have any questions or just want to chat with somebody who is an adoptee. Or if there's a topic that we haven't covered yet. Yes. Or if you know someone who wants to be interviewed, we are continually just trying to reach out to the community as much as we can. So we truly appreciate all your support and love and messages that we get from you daily. Absolutely. Until next time. Later. Bye.